uh, hey, this is our one year, and this is our one year birthday party. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about what has happened over this past year, but I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about kind of where we're going in the future a little bit, but I would feel weird if I didn't stop and just pray, right? We talked last week, like we're a church that prays first. We show up every week at two o'clock. We pray for you. We, we pray for this building. We pray for the needs that we know about in this room. We're going to pray, and all we're going to do is thank God for everything that's happened over this last year. All right, so let's bow our heads and close our eyes. God, we praise you. God, I thank you for what you have done. This is not the picture I would have painted. It's not the way I would have done it. But I'm so grateful for how everything has laid itself out, how everything has happened over this last year. I'm thankful for the people in this room. I thank you for the people that even aren't in this room that were on our team at one point. I thank you for the contributions of your people. I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. I thank you that people have given us a shot. I mean, I'm still shocked at that. And I thank you for that. I thank you for this building that we're, we're standing in, sitting in right now. I thank you so much for everything that you have done, and I thank you for what you're going to do. This year has been, if anything, just personally, I know Steph and I have gotten so much closer to you. We've had to just really trust you at times. We've had to let go of some things, let go of some people. We had to let, let go of things that, man, that weren't even ours to begin with. And that's hard, but I'm so thankful. God, we love you. We honor you tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God one more hand. He's awesome. He deserves it. I might sit down. I don't know. I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm going to pop up anyway, right? So why would I sit down? All right. Hey, tonight we wanted to just kind of, we've never taught on this. Uh, many, many of you probably don't even know where we got the name Oasis Church. And so we're going to teach on kind of where our name comes from, but also like how that ties into who we are. We're going to recap a little bit of what's happened this year and kind of how we got here. And I have a challenge for you at the end that I hope that you'll take to heart. Because I think if we can take this challenge to heart, that this community can look very different. I believe that with my whole heart. But I remember, you know, when we were praying and thinking about starting a church, we were inside of a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, uh, and, I, we weren't praying. I was not seeking this out. Steph certainly wasn't seeking this out at the time. We just had a baby. Like our middle daughter had just been born. Huh? Our third baby. Was it Lucy? Okay. Um, okay. Our third baby had, was just a little baby. And Stephanie, not, not knocking her at all. She just wasn't very future minded because she had an infant and it was like, I'm just trying to get to snack time, right? Like that's as far out in the future as she was going. And I'm sitting here, we're, we're both going through these 21 days of prayer and fasting and I come unload on her one day. I'm like, I think God might be calling us to plant a church. And she was like, what are you talking? Are, are you high right now? Right? Like, are you crazy? And I'm like, no. And I said, Hey, I'm not looking for an answer. Just pray about it. Right? Like, I just want you to pray about it. And she said, I'll pray about it. Which typically in Christianese, that typically means get out of my business. All right. I'm done. I'm just telling you this to make you happy. But she did. She prayed about it. And, uh, when the, the feeling got stronger in me. And by the end of the 21 days, she said, God didn't say no. Right? So I was like, I'll take it, right? Like, it's better than no. So we started processing. And all of a sudden, that feeling started to grow. That feeling started to get a lot stronger. And eventually, we would talk about it. And Steph would be like, I, I think that's where or what we want to do. And so we got to talk to our pastors at the time, who were some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. And this was four years ago, right? Like, 
long time ago. And we were like, hey, I don't know what this means. I don't know when. I don't even know where. We At this point, we thought we were going to launch a church in Orlando. I'm very glad we did not do that, all right? But um, we were thinking maybe Orlando because we like Disney World. So why not plant a church in a place that you like? You know what I'm saying? That was our logic. And so um, we did. this wasn't even on our radar. And they and we met with our pastors and Todd and Julie, Pastor Todd and Julie, they were like, hey, you know, you got to go to the ARC conference. And I didn't really know what ARC was at this point. I knew a little bit about it, but not much. ARC is the organization we plan our church through. We go to the ARC conference and the first session starts and we're not even in the main building. We're in like a satellite room uh, where the, everything's getting piped in. And I, all I can tell you is I had an encounter with God on my own. And Stephanie had an encounter of God. She's actually sitting right here. She had an encounter with God on her own. And it wasn't like we were having something, experiencing the same, we were experiencing the same encounter without knowing it separately, if that makes sense. And so I remember through that process, um, at that conference, we looked at each other and said, you know, I think God might be calling us to go back to Sumner County, where we grew up, which we never thought we'd come back here. We were, we kind of moved on and we love Florida and all this stuff. And, and, uh, I was expecting to get backlash from Stephanie and I didn't get it. She said, I feel the same way. And we had gotten the same word from God separately in this moment that we were having in the first session of our conference. And so we started thinking about this and I don't know how else to describe it other than in that moment, something supernatural began to happen in our hearts for this place. And I'm not even talking about this church. This church, we didn't even know what this church was going to be. But I can tell you that we started to look at Sumner County very differently. And you know how the love you have for a kid, it's hard to explain. Like you just love them. And sometimes they frustrate the mess out of you. But most of the time you really, like that's how we started to feel about people here. And we started noticing a lot of things. We started um, noticing that there was a lot of people that we graduated high school with at Beach High School right down the road. And in one year, several of them passed away. Had a lot passed away from drug overdoses. We had some passed away from suicide. Uh, we had a lot of people that we were seeing on Facebook. They were walking through divorces. They were losing their children. And the children get split up in these divorces. Uh, they were struggling with alcohol abuse and drug abuse. And they were lonely. They were searching. And oftentimes, and a lot of times, they would message me or Stephanie. And, hey, can you just pray for us? And and all of a sudden, we started to look at Sumner County and go, wait, isn't that in the Bible Belt, right? Like, there's a lot of churches around here. And there are a lot of churches around here. And we love the churches around here. But something wasn't happening right. Right? Like there still is a need, spiritual need in this community. Because these people are walking through life. And we started noticing them like, man, they don't have a hope. They, and I even know that a lot of them might even go to church. But some, they're not experiencing God in the way that they need to experience God or they, or they could not help but change, right? Like, so we started seeing these people and we started realizing like, man, we want to put a church in Sumner County that is known for something that might be a little different outside of the norm for the Bible Belt and outside of the norm uh, with how it feels and how it's communi- how things are communicated and even the teaching. We started realizing like, man, there might be a need for a church like what we want to start in Sumner County. So we started praying and we were like, hey, I think we can do something here. I think that we could start something here and we were like, we can really refresh this area. God can use this church to refresh our area. So we originally named our church Refresh Church for about 
10 days. And then we were like, is it refresh church or is it refresh church? And then it was like, oh, that's too hard to say. And then, and then it just wasn't sinking in. Like I didn't, it didn't feel right. And finally we realized like, no, that's not, I don't want our church. I, no, no, no. I like, and then the name Oasis just kept sitting in my spirit a little bit. I'm like, I love that idea of Oasis. People can come to this place and they can find refreshment. They can find rest. They can find, no, no matter how their, dry their week has been, they can come here and they can experience something that's got life, vibrancy. Uh, it, they can rest here. They can just breathe when they're here, right? And so we started looking at it and then all of a sudden I was reading a passage of scripture where that verse, uh, where the word oasis kind of stuck out to me and that's kind of where we got the name of our church. And we're gonna dive into that a little bit. But before we get there, we have to understand something. There's a lot of people, even though we've been here for a year, even though we've been doing ministry for a year, we've been serving people for a year, we've been here. There's a verse in, in Psalms that describes the state of where we are. And I just want to tell you, there's hundreds of churches around here. And there's a lot of great churches around here. I don't know of every church, but the churches I know of, I like them a lot. I love the pastors. I love what they're doing. But there's a lot of work to be done still. And it's not because these churches aren't doing amazing things. It's because the state of the people in this region. And here's the state of the people in this region. It says, oh God, your armor, God, earnestly I search for you. My soul, it thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. A lot of people, they might not even know what they're saying or what they're doing, but this is a picture of how they're living their life. They're searching for something. They're, they don't know, they, they don't know exactly how to even put words to it, but they're walking through a dry and weary land, a parched and weary land where there is no water. There is no hope. There is no life. There is no break from the heat. There is no break. Uh, there's, there's nothing to quench the thirst. They just keep searching for thing after thing, diving into thing after thing, going from relationship to relationship, doing thing after they're just trying to satisfy that, but nothing will ever work. And you know, people like this, I know you do, you know, people that are just walking through life and they just don't have a hope that they're tired. They're whole, they're exhausted. They, they don't have no rest. They always look stressed out when you see them. They're always anxious, right? They, they, they just feel like it's doom and gloom all the time. And you can see it in their face. You can see it, how they interact with people. You can see it by the way that they interact with things like maybe alcohol or drugs or relationships. And they're trying to fill this void in their life. And but really nothing will. They're walking through this, they're, they're walking through a desert. They're walking through a dry and weary land where there is no water. And that's what Steph and I begin to see. We're over in Birmingham, Alabama or in West Palm Beach and we're sitting there and we're like, God, I, I feel in my spirit that this is the state of Sumner County. This is the state of the region we want to reach. And God, what can we do? Like, how can we make a dent in this? And so we began to pray, God, show us what we need to do to be a church that has an answer for this problem. Show us what we can do to be a church where people can come and they can find life. They can find the living water. They can find the person, the, the only thing that can satisfy them. 
And God began to shape this vision of Oasis Church in our heart. He began to, to show us like, man, there is a need there. There are people that are want to, that want this too, right? There, there's people around us. And so tonight, I'm going to walk you through two verses. I typically don't do this. I'm, I'm a very practical teacher, but we're going to walk word by word through a couple of verses to show us how we can be not just Oasis Church, but an oasis to the people around us in the community that feel this way. Because I'm telling you, if each of us can leave here and bring an oasis to somebody that needs it, that's walking through that dry and weary land, where I'm telling you, this region can change. And it's not going to be built on a great speaker, and I'm not even that great, right? Like, it's not going to be built on me. or No, it's going to be built on this idea that God wants something more for the people here. He wants something more for you. But we have to be willing to take what we are becoming here outside of these walls, or it's never going to work. People aren't going to come here on Sunday night. The Titans are playing. I'm shocked there's this many people here right now. But if we could take this out there, we can st- God can start changing people's lives. They can start experiencing what Oasis is all about and what you are all about. So I want everyone to get your Bibles out. I want you to turn to Psalm 23. All right, we've all heard this. This is probably the most recognizable chapter in the whole Bible. You've heard this at funerals before, I'm sure, or even if you grew up in a different, like Catholic or something, a more traditional, you've heard this a thousand times. Well, I'm going to teach you what it means to be an oasis. And it's going to start in Psalm chapter 23, starting in verse one. Here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And the key to unlocking how we can be an oasis for people, how oasis can be an oasis for people, is found in this first few words of this. It says this, the Lord is my, what's that say? Come on, say it loud. The Lord is my. Okay, so if we have, and here's the deal. If you get what I'm about to talk about wrong, then nothing else matters. You have to get this right. If this part isn't right, then the rest of what we're going to talk about tonight doesn't work. This is right. Okay? So if you don't get this right, none of this other stuff's going to work. So I want you to pay attention right here. Okay? Lean in, take notes, whatever you got to do. The Lord is my shepherd. If God is the shepherd, then what are we? Well, what are we? Sheep, Sheep, right? And, And that's what we have to recognize from point one. A lot of us, we're all sheep. But a lot of us are sheep trying to act like a shepherd. Shepherds are very important. We're going to learn a lot about sheep tonight. I'm just going to tell you right now. And we're, we're likened to sheep in the Bible more than anything else. God, God, even Jesus was called the good shepherd, which means we get to be his sheep. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you, sheep are not very smart. All right. They're actually known as one of the dumbest animals of all time. Now, I'm not calling you dumb. I'm calling me dumb. I'm, I could be pretty dumb, but I'm not calling you dumb. But in, in the grand scheme of things, we're not very smart. We actually tend to do the same things over and over again. We expect a different result. And, and we, we, get caught in, we get caught up in stuff on accident. In fact, you will rarely see a sheep or a herd of sheep without a shepherd. Why? Because sheep can't defend themselves. Did you know this? Like sheep have no way of really defending themselves against an enemy. 
uh, sheep will just literally, one of them will just wander off. And the, and the sheep have been known to walk off the side of a cliff and die because they just, they don't think, right? They just kind of, they're, they're prone to wander. Uh, they, they have no way of protecting themselves. That's why a shepherd is so important. We have to recognize that we are not the shepherd. We're, we're, we just get to be sheep. God, Jesus, he's our shepherd, which means he's our protector, which means he's our provider, which means he's the one that's guiding us. He's the one that's leading us. Too many of us, we're walking through pain. We're walking through this dry and weary land where there is no water because we've wandered off on our own and we quit following the shepherd a long time ago. And when you quit following the shepherd, guess what? You end up wandering off into the wilderness. We have to recognize that God is the shepherd. We are the sheep. God is the shepherd. We are the sheep. But it gets even better than that. It says this. The Lord is... Come on. The Lord is my shepherd. He's not just the shepherd. He's your, like specifically you. He's your shepherd. He, 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 he set the universe into motion. He creates everything, life as we know it. This whole universe operates because of him. And even in the midst of all that, he's personal to you. He's your shepherd. And guess what? The shepherd has nothing to gain from taking care of you. But you have everything to gain from the shepherd taking care of you, protecting you, helping you, providing for you. And we just have to let him. And so it's so hard for us to do. But he is your shepherd. He's your shepherd. In fact, in history, uh, when, when you go back to David's day, David wrote this. The shepherd was not a glamorous job. It was typically saved for like the youngest child because it was the worst. Like no one wanted to take care of the sheep. Why? Because they're dumb animals. There's typically a lot of them and there's only one of you. you typically, sometimes you got to fight off a predator with your slingshot or your stick, whatever you got, right? It just what it was a, it was like the lowliest job to have in a household. Well, guess what? God picked that job so that he could help you. Like no one asked God to take this shepherding role. That role is not glamorous. It's not fun. God picked it. Why? Because he loves you. And we have to recognize that tonight. That's where everything flows from. He is your shepherd. He is taking care of you. He will take care of you. He will comfort you. He will heal you. He will provide for you. And not just for us, for you, specifically you. He's your Shepherd, and he chose to be that. He's your shepherd. And when we recognize that he's the shepherd, it unlocks this next part, is that when you recognize that the God of the universe that owns everything, when you follow him, you don't need anything else. Because in him, you already have everything that you need. I love, there's a song that I love. It's too old for us to do now. I don't, well, I guess we can do whatever we want. All right, we can do whatever we want. But I love the course that song says, if I have you and I have nothing else, then I have everything. If I have you, if I just have the shepherd, if I just, Jesus, if I just have you and I lose my family, if I lose my finances, if I lose my house, if I have you and I have nothing else in my life, I, then I, I, I still have everything. 
Some of us need to get that right in our lives. I'm just telling you, some of you are striving and you're striving and you're striving and you're like, man, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to get this. I want to have that. I want to keep up with these people. I got to look the part. I got to, I got to do the things, right? I got to strive and strive and strive. No, 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 no. There's no place for that in God's herd. Because when you have the shepherd, you don't need to do any of that. And some of you, you haven't found rest and you're walking through this wilderness because you've been striving. But that's not how you get everything. That's not how God intended you to get everything. No, 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 no. You don't obtain everything by striving. It's not going to get you there. It's like sitting on a treadmill, right? Like you're, you're doing a lot of work, but you ain't going nowhere. No, no, no. We don't get everything by striving. You get it by following. You get it by following the shepherd. And when you follow the shepherd, he takes you where you need to go. And he gets you what you need to get. He takes you by the green pastures. He takes you by the waters. He takes you to everything you could possibly need is found only by following him. So men, when you sit at work all day and you're working and working and working, striving and striving and striving, trying to provide, provide, you're doing it wrong. Because you don't get everything by striving. You get it by following. Some, some of the ladies in here, man, I, I got to look this certain way. I got to do this certain thing. My Instagram has to look this way. My Facebook needs, no, 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 no. You're striving for something. That's not, no, no, no. That's not how you obtain everything. You obtain everything by following, not striving. We have to get that right. Some of us, we've strived our way straight into the desert and we don't have a shepherd. We think we're the shepherd. Well, how's that working out? Because I bet you're getting attacked by the enemy quite a bit. I bet you probably live a life that you feel a little defeated sometimes and you don't have victory in your life. Well, guess what? Go back to the shepherd and follow him. But this is where stuff gets good. I love it. When we follow the shepherd, he takes us exactly where we need to go. It says this in verse two. He lets me rest. How many of y'all need some rest? Come on, how many of y'all need some rest right now? He lets me rest in green meadows. He lets me rest in green meadows. I bet you didn't know this, but sheep actually have, they require four things if they are to lie down and rest. And this is like a shepherd's primary job is to provide these four things. Because when sheep get restless, they wander off and they walk off cliffs and they do stupid stuff, right? You're the same way. Like when you're tired and exhausted and you're stressed out and things are going on in your life and all this crazy stuff's happening, you have the same problems, right? You need the shepherd to go, no, no, I'm taking care of these things. You can rest. And the four things are this, that the, the shepherd does for a sheep. Uh, it says uh, that sheep, they will not lie down unless four conditions are met. The first one is this, uh, because they're timid, they won't lie down if they're afraid. So if they sense danger, anything like that around, they're not going to lie down. Uh, because they're social animals, they won't lie down if there's friction in the herd. So if there's some other sheep fighting, that none of them will rest because they're like, oh, there's something going on here, right? Like, okay. The third one is this. They won't lie down if there are flies or parasites around them. So if they have a lot of bugs and stuff's kind of getting in their eyes, they, they won't rest. And the last one is if they're anxious about food or they're hungry, they won't rest. The same exact thing for you is true. You won't find rest if you don't follow the shepherd. Why? Because something in that list is going to take you out. It's going to prevent you from resting. 
some of us, uh, we can't rest when we're afraid. Like, like, what things in your life are you afraid of? Some of you, maybe this year, if you're like me, I've realized I'm a fearful person this year, uh, this last year. I'm, I'm, I can be afraid. I can operate out of fear. Guess how much rest I've gotten this year? Very little. Why? Because I haven't allowed the shepherd a lot of times to take that away. And maybe for you, it's the same. Maybe you're worried and you just live a life that's marked by fear of what will happen to you. What's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen to my business? What's going to, and you're just operating out of fear. Well, guess what? That's robbing you of the rest that God wants to give you. The second one is you can't rest when you're struggling in relationships. Y'all know this is true. When you have a, uh, when you're dealing with somebody that you care about in your life and there's friction in that relationship, it's so hard to rest because that's all you can think about. I can't believe she said that to me. I can't believe that she would do that. I can't believe that this person would go out and do something like, he would say that on my Facebook feed. Are you kidding me? And you, all of a sudden you have this friction and it's caused you to get all worked up. And guess what? The enemy is using it to rob you of rest that the shepherd wants to give you. Some of you, man, you have, you're experiencing external challenges. The, the parasites and the flies. Man, there's stuff that life is happening to you and, and you haven't taken that yet to God and go, God, I, this is out of my control. I can't control what flies and parasites come into my life, but God, I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting you, shepherd. Some of us haven't done that. and we're, It's robbing us of rest. And the last one is we're anxious. Some of us, man, we just are living out of anxiety. We don't know. We're so fearful of what's going to happen and, and how this is going to work out. Man, that has been the mark of my life. This, I'm not, where are we going to meet, God? Madison Creek's not working out. Like, what are we going to do? Man, I'll tell you, that's led me to a dead end a time or two. Really, this last week, the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with this. And it's robbing us of rest. He wants to take you to green pastures where you have everything you need. You have the protection you need. You, there's no friction with the other sheep, right? There's no flies to bother you. He's taking you to a place where you can rest. And it's, I'm telling you, if you're not experiencing that rest, you're probably not following the shepherd too closely. We have to follow him and he'll lead us to rest. And this is my favorite part. And then it says, that his tracks take me, what's it say? To an oasis of peace. That's what this church is about. If people walk into this door, man, I hope that they can find some rest. I hope that they can find some replenishment. I hope that they can just find some rejuvenation, just some, just a breath of fresh air. They've been walking in that desert all week and they've been begging for water. They've been trying to find it. Other, but man, they've come to Oasis Church and they found God there. And all of a sudden, oh, I, I, even if it's for an hour while I'm here, I'm less stressed. I'm less anxious. I'm happy when I leave. I laughed a little while I was there. I mean, people knew my name, right? Like I mattered here. Like they really cared that I came here. That's where the God's tracks lead people. That's the kind of church we want to be is that when people walk in, man, they're not hearing from me how terrible they are and how miserable they're going to be when they leave. No, no, no. I'm here to tell you about the shepherd that wants to bring you some rest, that wants to take you and provide for you and provide food and water for you, right? Like he wants to provide for you. He wants to mend relationships in your life. I want you to leave encouraged. That's what an oasis does. 
But it's not just about what happens in these walls. Honestly, I don't really care what happens in these walls. I care way more about what happens outside of these walls. Because if we're not being an oasis to people out there, this is pointless. I don't care. I can go do this anywhere. But I want, I want us to be an oasis to people. You can be this for people. You carry God's spirit with you wherever you go. And when people interact with you at school and at work and in your family and in your home and even while you're driving down 65, you can, you can be an oasis to people. You can be that. You need, people need you to be that. Man, when you get into a room, light that thing up. Be positive, smile, encourage somebody, hug somebody. I love it. Our, our, we, a lot of our team, we go work out almost every day together. And I love that because when we walk into that hit class together, that place lights up. And it's not because of me. I roll in right when it starts a lot of times. And when I'm there, other people that don't go here are smiling. They're talking to our church people and they're loving life. Why? Because they've brought Oasis outside of these walls. People are experiencing an Oasis and they don't even have to come here. And so Seth and I, we've been working. I'm going a little long. I told you I wouldn't go long. I'm sorry. Listen, we sang an extra song though, all right? I'm blaming it on that. But I want, I want you to know how you can be an Oasis when you leave here. And guess what? These are also our core values and they're new. I'm gonna just give them to you right now. And this is how you can be an oasis when you leave here. This is what this church is gonna be about, but not just the institution. This is what you need to be about. If this is your church home, man, be this when you leave. It's not just who we are as an institution that matters. It's who you are when you leave here that matters. And here's who we are. We're this. We are outrageously generous. Man, how terrible would it be if people came in from a desert and they come to this oasis and we built a fence around the pond? They can't get any water. Oh, I'm gonna cut down all the trees. They can't get any shade. No, 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 no. We're outraged. Come, come drink from this. It's great. Oh, come sit under the shade, man. man. We're outrageously generous. What does that mean? Is that we use our blessings to bless others. Man, if you've been blessed in any way, be outrageously generous with it. Man, our basement, good night. Come over and hang out in our basement. I don't care, right? I don't have a ton of money to give you, but I can give you my basement. I can, man, if, if there's a need that you can meet, meet it. Man, God's blessed you. And when we're generous, we use our blessings to bless others. That's who we are. We're outrageously generous. The second thing is this. We're full of faith. Oh, I love this one. I come in here sometimes and I just feel like, man, this room's a little heavy. I'm going to brighten it. I'm going to worship. I'm going to brighten this thing up. Why? Because I'm full of faith. What does that mean? That, that we have complete trust, not just a little trust. We have complete trust and confidence in God. What does that mean? That means that God can, I trust that he can, and the confidence that he will do what he says he can do. I'm going to believe that God can make the sun stand still. Why? Because he did it in the Bible. So why not pray bold prayers? Why not have full, why not be a person that's full of faith? You want to leave here and be an oasis, be outrageously generous and be full of faith. People will come to you and they, like they won't be able to get enough of you. Why? Because you're bringing the presence of God to them. The third thing is this. We are committed to community. Committed to it. In fact, we're making changes to our service so that we can do this better. I'm sick of just making church happen. I don't want to do that anymore. I want, I want us to have a community of people here. And not only just for the people that are in this room, by the way. No, 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 no. When people come, when they visit, they're going to know I fit in here. 
I have a place here. This is a place that's committed to community. What does that mean? That means we have a meaningful connection with others. Like when people get around us, it means something. It's not just surface level. It doesn't have to go super deep, but man, I care about you. I'm gonna text you and say, hey, how did that test go? Hey, how was that doctor's appointment? I've been praying for that. I'm committed to getting to know you and for you to know me a little bit. We're committed to community. Groups, starting two weeks, sign up for a group. I, I mean, you're gonna be annoyed with me. I'm t- we're gonna, we are committed to this. I don't like Survivor. I don't care. Come to our house and hang out for an hour. I don't, you know, watch it. Go do something. We're committed to community. We're committed to that. In fact, whenever this is over, when I can shut up and get done talking, we're going to go hang out and have some bunt cakes together. I'm very excited about it, right? Last thing is this, is we are genuinely fun. Man, I want people to come here and smile a little bit. Man, I want you to laugh. I want you to enjoy being here. But what does that mean for you outside of here? We enjoy people. I'm going to stop here. Some of you claim you're not people people. Guess what? Be a people person. You don't, you can be introverted and then leave and just go read a book in your house or whenever you're done, right? But be a people person. If you're a Christ follower, guess what? You're in the people business. When you're at Oasis Church, you're in the people business. We're about people. And we enjoy people. I love people. And guess what? People need to enjoy you too. If you're a person that is negative and you're always pessimistic, no one has fun hanging out with that guy. I'm just going to tell you right now, but you enjoy people and people enjoy you. Well, I'm just not a likable person. Change your attitude. I bet Jesus was real fun. I guarantee it. I guarantee you he was, people love being around Jesus. And that doesn't mean you have to be extroverted and extra. No, no, no. But man, have people over to your home. Have fun. Play a game. I mean, my goodness, like do something fun, right? And here, we want to be fun, but I want our people to be fun out there. People like fun people, even introverts. I have a lot of introverted fans, right? Like I, people like fun people. And I, I just want to apologize. We've taken some fun out of this thing because we've been so focused on just making it happen. No, 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 no. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh together. We're going to be fun. But if you want to be an oasis somewhere else outside of these walls, which is what I want you to do, man, be outrageously generous. Be full of faith. Be committed to community. Get to know people and be genuinely fun and watch people change around you. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And that is who we are here. We are those things. Unapologetically, that's what we are. Y'all track with me a little bit? Awesome. I'm going to be done. I'm going to shut up. We're going to eat some bunt cakes. All right. Hey, we love you guys so much. Let's pray together and then we'll, we'll end it. God, we love you so much. I thank you for how you've been faithful to us. I thank you that you have never let us down. I thank you that you've, you've been outrageously generous, God, that you have provided a law every step of the way. God, that you've brought people here that have found a family. I thank you for that. God, I pray right now that we can be people that live out these things. I pray that we are people that are marked by generosity and faith and community and fun. I pray that we can be those things, not just in this place. That's who we are. But I pray that we are that as individuals when we leave here. Because people need it. They're walking through that dry and weary land where there, there is no water. We can bring that water to them. God, help us be these things. 
We love you so much. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, get out there and hey, before you take, before you take a bunt cake, take a picture because it says we spelled, Thomas spelled out one year with a bunt cake so you can take a little picture and then dive in. We have plenty for everybody, but we love you. We'll see you next Sunday at four and uh, don't talk to the other Titans, please. Thank you. All right. See y'all later.